Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Quick note before we begin, the Finding Genius Foundation, as part of the Finding Genius Podcast, has recently completed a book about understanding viruses. So the creation of this book was to interview 100 virologists, ask them a lot of deep, difficult questions, take the most difficult questions, and then re-interview the top 25 or so and ask them the hardest questions I could think of. And we compiled that all into a book. So you'll see question and four or five experts' answers. Question, four or five experts' answers. There's about 30 questions in the book. I think it's a great read for the layperson and for the researcher. talks about a lot of speculation in the world of viruses, such as are they alive or not, and why is it important? Uh, Why do viruses go latent or hidden or ineffective or sit in a person or an animal or another creature for weeks, months, years? and then suddenly become virulent and affect that person. Uh, so there's a lot of really provocative questions in the book. It's now on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and type in Finding Genius, you'll see the book on viruses. It's also on Kindle. The Audible version is in production and should be ready in approximately a month. But if you want to go and order it now, uh, you can do so again by going to Amazon or Kindle or go, go to findinggeniusfoundation.org and go to Publications. There's an opportunity as well to get the transcripts of all the interviews and to hear the original interviews themselves. If we had put them all together, the book would be about a thousand pages, but we condensed them down to make it juicy and concise and tight and very interesting. So I hope you'll check out the book. Uh, we're now working on one about cancer, but this is going to be our goal is uh, three times a year to come out with these masterclass books that I think will inspire new scientific research. And I hope you'll check it out. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius podcast, part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Maury Blackman. He's the CEO of Premise Data. And we're going to talk about uh, data security. Uh, the website is premise.com. So, Maury, thanks for coming. Absolutely. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. So what's the, what's the premise? At the highest level, what we have is a global network of what we call contributors. Now, these are ordinary individuals that we recruit through social media they download our app, we run them through some training exercises, and then once everything checks out, they give us banking information, they can enter into our task marketplace. The task marketplace is a listing of small jobs that our clients have posted related to data collection. So these might be large global brands that want to understand the impact that they're making around the world. They want to measure their campaigns. It may be a government agency wanting to measure its policy effects. You know, the, the list is, is of possible use cases is infinite. Um, we really frame ourselves as serving the uh, market intelligence space. It's a $40 billion industry that's underserved, you know, by, by my standing. It's, it's a very paper-based, report-driven space that doesn't really use a lot of real-time data and technology to be able to arm decision-makers with what we call data for every decision. So what we want to do is we want to be able to provide our customers with you know, a unique real-time data set 
that gives them the ability to or actually gives them the decision advantage that they need to make, you know, make critical insights about how to drive their products to, or brands to the next level. So is this, a, this is about not security, but about marketing and report, reporting and feedback or what is it? Well, there's, you, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole list. I mean that, you know, the, the market, market intelligence space is really where, you know, people are looking to gather, gather data about their brands and products. The, the security component of this comes into play because the, the data itself needs to be cleansed, washed. It needs to be, um, you know, it needs to be clean data. So you're making decisions from the proper data set. So, you know, when you think about just putting jobs out there on, on a global basis, it becomes very difficult because, you know, believe it or not, Rich, there's actually bad actors in the world who want to get money and, and just, you know, push data forward that might be erroneous. And so there's a pretty... Okay. Heavy- I was going to ask you if you have the uh, Facebook data that was just stolen, the 500 million records. I was going to tease you and ask you about it. Well, yeah, we, we, you know, one of the things that, that we have to do is really, you know, we really have to lock down, of course, the data set itself. I think, you know, that's, that's a critical piece to it. But what, you know, what I think is the most, you know, most important thing uh, a decision maker needs to know is they have to be comfortable that the data that, that uh, is in front of them is accurate and not fraudulent. And so we have, you know, a tremendous amount of effort that we put forward into ensuring that the algorithms, machine learning, AI is actually going out and, and verifying and securing the data set that we're gathering. You know, one thing that, you know, that we've done, you know, quite a bit of work around is looking at, you know, for example, a franchise. You know, there's a lot of, you know, very large global franchises out there and the, their ability to monitor their locations to make sure that they're applying the right standards is very, very limited. And so one of the things that, you know, we're able to do uh, through our contributor network is essentially capture information about those locations. Now, when we talk about data security, it's not just about capturing it from one person. You know, one of the things that we do is a little bit differently that essentially ensures that the data is accurate and secure and giving that decision maker the, the right, uh, you know, the right tools is we'll send multiple people, you know, maybe 10 people to that location, capture the data, conflate it, and then the decision maker or whomever, you know, has, has a data set that they're, they're confident in. Yeah, what, what does that mean, a data set that they're confident in? Is it in the collection that there's no errors, the reporting that there's no improper skews, or like what's the whole, the whole path that tells you that you can be confident in X data set? Well, I think it's all the above. I think there's... You know, it's there. It's not fraudulent data. It's accurate. You're not just relying on one person on the other side of the globe that you don't even know to give you accurate information about your, your franchise. You know, so it's it's giving you a sense of, of confidence that the data that you're looking at is a reflection of, of the asset that you want to gather information on. OK, so what's an example of uh, I don't know. Is there a project that uh, that speaks to you or, you know, called out the need for what you do? Like what what kind of project have you worked on where uh, you know, you, there were some surprises on it or you had to, you know, I don't know, do a, a bunch of wrangling to make sure the data was right? Well, I think one, you know, one of the projects that we worked on early on and, you know, happy to happy to talk about who the client was. It was the Gates Foundation. And, you know, the Gates Foundation makes uh, decisions every day 
about deploying capital around the world that is aimed at, you know, making the world a better place. And one of the things that they were doing a few years back when I first started here at Premise was they were looking to invest in hospitals and clinics in developing countries. And so what they wanted to do is do a survey and capture data about 10 clinics in 10 countries. And, you know, from that, be able to get, you know, a, a very accurate picture of what that clinic was like so that they could make decisions around where they wanted to invest. And what, you know, what really surprised me was their vision kind of at the outset of how long it was going to take to capture all the information and data that they need, needed. You know, they were really planning on one year. And, you know, I think that at the beginning of this, one of the things I, I pointed out is that, you know, this is pretty much been a traditionally pen and paper business uh, or, or market. And, um, you know, what we, we gave them this vision that, hey, listen, through our contributor network, the way we do business, the way we use smartphones and data, capture all this information for you, we can actually get this project done not in one year, but essentially in three weeks. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, I was, you know, I was at that point in time, I was probably six months into the job here. So, you know, this was pretty new to me. It seemed like it would make sense, but I was, you know, I was actually really surprised at the fidelity of the data that we brought in. Um, I was impressed with the speed and actually, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I think they were shocked and I was too, is, you know, the budget for this came in at quite a reasonable price. I mean, we were able to, to do this job and, you know, for them in low six figures and in a way that, you know, they were, probably used to getting a nice glossy printout of what this would look like. Instead, we gave them this rich data set that they could browse and, and really pull information from. And I think, you know, back to your original question about data security, you know, there, that was one of the questions that they asked. And frankly, something that all our, all our clients ask is how could I ensure that this data is accurate and not corrupted in some way? You know, how do you protect my data? How do you protect um, the data that's coming from the end user. So, you know, we have to go through, you know, a, a pretty, you know, pretty healthy explanation about, you know, how we capture this data, how we bring it in and how we get it back to them and make sure it's clean and accurate. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now, back to the show. Well, again, you have any specifics that you can give? Any specific example without naming names that we can get more of an idea on what, what, what this means? Well, I don't want we, you to reveal proprietary stuff, but can we get closer to specifics so that uh, listeners will be like, okay, that makes sense. I understand. I see. Yeah. So, well, when, when we, so when the data, we're capturing, you know, just volumes of information or volumes of data that's coming in. And so as, as the data comes in, we're running uh, machine learning algorithms, we're running different AI, um, different AI algorithms 
to essentially understand if that data is indeed accurate. How, how this is being done is almost the minute that contributor signs up to, to work with premise, we're evaluating and scoring them. So we're looking at how they're holding the phone, how quickly they run through the surveys, and, and all that's coming back. At, it's not just the data itself, but how they're interacting with it to essentially be able to under, you know, score them and understand if this is accurate. Now, once the data itself comes in, you know, what we're, you know, we do a lot of work, like we'll say, walk down Main Street in, in, a, you know, in a major city and take a picture of every ATM and tell us if it's safe. And so since we've had many people do this over many time periods, we have an idea on how long it should take them to get that done. Uh, we also have, we, we also understand the geolocation of where they are. So as they're doing that task, we're evaluating it based on the, the amount of time it takes. We're also evaluating um, on their geolocation and how quickly they're moving from one point to the next. And all those, okay. all those, all those, um, you know, all those basically round out into a constant evaluation of both the contributor, the environment they're in, and the data that we're receiving. All right. So this uh, ATM study was a real thing. Like, how many ATMs were studied, and what was the results of the the data collected? Yeah. So what we do, um, we we call ATMs a point of interest. And so one of the things that we do to keep our network engaged is we have a set of what we call anchor tasks. And these are tasks we push out into the network pretty much every day that are ongoing. So at this point, we have a database of about 170,000 ATMs globally. That's just part of our data set that we resell to various clients. Okay, well, with the ATMs, you, you ask people to, I guess, judge if they're safe. I mean, what, what were the parameters in that judgment? Or do they just tell you what their thoughts were? And they yeah, that, that's the beauty. And you, you yeah, them. that's that's the, we don't we don't get into we don't get too granular. But you know, you you might think an ATM is safe. I might not. You know, we we get a little bit more granular on, on a scale of one to ten. Is it very unsafe? Um, very safe? You know, kind of get in the middle of it. So you know, we can get get as accurate pictures possible. Of course, I'm being super super generic about it, but we, you know, we want to build this data set where we can say, okay, look at, here's every ATM in America by category, by brand. And here's all the ones that people are very comfortable taking money from. Here's the ones that people are, you know, they have some concerns about. And these are, um, you know, the ones that people think are dangerous. And, you know, this is just a data set that we collect and, you know, we various, various different groups will subscribe to it as a, as a subscription. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. Were there parameters, again, that the people that were involved in the survey came up with that surprised you? Was there, you know, like consensus parameters that most of them mentioned? You know, is there any details you can give that, that would make it? Yeah, there were, I, I'd say that, you know, from, you know, what, what I think that I was surprised by when it came to come to that specific project and, and it, you know, it's still, it's, it's ongoing and it'll continue to go is that, you know, there's, you know, I, I'm not a data scientist. Um, we have 15 data scientists here at premise and, you know, so they're constructing the questions and coming up with the insights. But one of the things that they were you know kind of showing me is what, you know, if you have 10 people 
if you ask them if, if, an, if an asset is safe, let's call an ATM an asset, you typically have, you know, 40% of those people are on the extreme ends. And then the other people are kind of in the middle. And so that's, that's pretty much your answer from a data integrity standpoint. And, you know, I, I thought that, you know, for me, you know, for me, I just kind of assumed that people would say, oh, well, that doesn't look like it's in a very safe location. This one looks like it's very safe. You know, to me, I felt like it was black and white. But I was really surprised by the gray area. What, what was the gray area? Like what came through? Well, the gray area in, in almost on almost every instance is that you'll have a certain group of people who are, well, I, I would say I'm, I'm surprised to see like, if you had four to four to seven people say that this is either unsafe or very unsafe, I was surprised to see that you'd have three or four people to say that it was safe. I mean, it just kind of blew my mind. I just thought that, you know, there, there was like, you know, either be one way or the other, it wouldn't be, you know, this little gray zone where, you know, certain people would feel like, yeah, it's okay. Or it's not. Okay. What was done after the results of the survey came out? When, you know, what was changed about the ATM placement or, you know, lighting or visibility? Was there any, any you gave the recommendations? Or like, what were they? Yeah, we don't, we didn't get into that. I think that what, you know, kind of the way we see it and the way, the reason we did this project, um, you know, just on our own is because we wanted to, we felt like capturing, you know, number one, capturing every ATM location globally is interesting. You know, it's something that people at Google Maps, Apple Maps, um, Street View, all these different providers would want to have an, an accurate data set of where every ATM is. That was, that was point number one. You know, point number two is, you know, like I mentioned, we wanted to be able to peel the onion back just a little bit and say, okay, well, yes, this is an ATM here. It's in good working order. It's not in good working order. Um, you know, again, that's a subjective statement. And then finally is, do you feel safe getting money out there? And so we felt like that, you know, when you look at, let's say, you know, any of these map providers, you know, I use Google Maps all the time. And you said, okay, well, that's a, you know, that's an ATM location. I mean, one of the things, if I'm, if I'm new to a city, I, I might want to know is if someone felt it was safe or unsafe compared to some other location. So that was kind of the thinking that we went through and and doing the project um, and you know again this is something internally you know that we did on our own just because we felt like it would be an interesting and valuable data set that someone would want to subscribe to okay so is your a subscription service or where does it uh, how does it work how do you interact with clients well we do um we do it in both ways we so we have a data set that uh we you know we capture what we call our anchor data. And that's data that, you know, we, you know, we ourselves have defined is, you know, interesting information that we feel like that people might want to subscribe to um, hospital and clinics. I mentioned ATMs, restaurants, menus. Um, there's 125 different types of data, data that we're collecting. Customers can also come to us, which they do often and say, listen, I have a, I have a unique challenge that I want to, uh, you know, I want to capture data around so that you can give me the data that I need to make, make this decision. So one of, um, one of our clients is, you know, a large beverage manufacturer and they were rolling out a new product. They wanted to understand what the target market for that product would be, you know, what age demographic 
They, uh, they also wanted to understand where that age demographic frequently shopped. And so that's information that we, you know, that we have, you know, that we were able to capture for them pretty easily. And then kind of once, you know, once all that passed over and the product was released and on the shelves, they wanted our contributors to come through and again, capture data on did, did they get the proper shelf placement? Did the displays that they purchased, were they put in the right spots and or are they even there at all? I mean, you can imagine a lot of times it's very difficult for, you know, for these, these large brands to actually get the ground truth around their specific products and, and campaigns and are they getting what they paid for? Okay. Um, what's a, what would be a good customer for you? Like what size, what industry, you know, what do you tend to attract? Well, right now, what we're very focused on is the largest, most complex organizations in the world. So, um, you know, large government agencies here in the U.S., Fortune 500 companies, large international development agencies and nonprofits. You know, I mentioned Gates Foundation, Rockefeller. We work, you know, in the past, we worked with Google. We've worked with Facebook, ABMBev, Western Union, you know, a whole host of, you know, very large organizations that, um, you know, need to capture this information of. As, as we continue to expand into in, in different parts of the world, we see ourselves working with smaller and smaller clients. And, you know, we, you know, we feel like that the long tail of this business is really the small and medium-sized businesses. Um, right now, we're focusing on the, on the top end of the market. Okay. Very good. What's the best way for people to find out more about Premise? Where can they go? Well, of course, they can go to our website, Premise.com. Um, you know, they can email me directly at maury at premise.com and, um, you know, happy to uh, share with them any more information that they have, any information I have that can help them uh, make decisions about their business. I mean, one thing that we pride ourselves on is that when we start developing relationships with clients who, who want data about, about, uh, about their business is that we will run, you know, various POCs and small campaigns just to show them what we're about and how effective it is. You know, one of the things that you know, I've been selling and uh, selling technology for almost 25 years. And one of the things about premise that, you know, that I just love is that when I sit down with a customer and I show them the data that we've collected, the accuracy of it, the integrity of it, about, about what it is, whatever, whatever it is that they're seeking to understand, um, they're delighted by the speed, the accuracy, the fidelity of it. And, you know, the, quite, the answers I get quite a bit. I mean, it sounds a little, you know, this sounds a little high level. Like I just had no idea that this was possible. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you, more for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rich. Talk to you soon. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.